Dinu Logos, you are the author of a brand new bio of John Mayall called John Mayall, the Blues Crusader. And you and I actually met, uh, albeit briefly, in, was it Zurich in something like 1974? Yes, it was Zurich in uh, fall, I think around September 74, if I'm right. Could have been, but it was a long time ago, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. More than 40 years. Unbelievable. And speaking of 40 years, I learned in the book that John was born in 1933, making him 82, right? That's correct, yeah. He'll turn 82 in November, yes. He has had a career of something like, what, 60 years? When did he start? Well, he started in London in 63, so he was already 30 years old when he started his uh, rock and blues career. I know that John, uh, for example, he drew some artwork on his ca- on his cast because he broke his leg jumping into the swimming pool right before the tour. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's true. Do you remember that, by the way? You know, the tour was yes, supposed to be course. longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was humpling around with his caster. Yeah. We had a routine where we used to uh, really uh, surprise people. We'd be walking in a public place and there'd be people around and one of, uh, one of the band would just walk up and kick one of his crutches out of him and he'd f- <laughs> pretend to fall down. It was all a big joke. <laughs> We were young then. Anyway, in those first years between when he turned to adult, you know, 18 or 20 to 30, I'm pretty sure he was in design or art because he does draw and maybe paint even, right? He must have studied. Yeah. Yeah. And he created most of his uh, album covers himself and even uh, formed and and, and, uh, painted his guitars. Right. So he was and still is quite a handyman. Absolutely, and uh, he seems to have good longevity, too. I guess he started taking care of himself. Look, it's no secret if I reveal that John was a huge drinker. He was so drunk, he fell when he jumped into his swimming pool from a balcony. He missed and landed on his knee on the concrete, and that's what shortened the tour for about two weeks while he got that cast. But when I saw him in Paris, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, he was playing in a in a concert with... Uh, Albert Collins, I think, or Al- maybe Albert King, and Robert Cray, and all of that. And I spoke to him briefly then, and he apparently had completely quit drinking, and he got uh-huh. out of that scene. So he, he cleaned himself up. But he, boy, he sure has had a career. He's had how many groups now? How many versions are there of the Blues Breakers? I, I think it's, it, it must be more than 30 or 40 versions. It depends a little bit on how you count it. If you count every musician who went in and out, it would even be more. But uh, with that, uh, uh, if I don't count any bass player and drummer who left, so it must be around 30 or 40 uh, different lineups that he played with. And I think I remember 80-plus musicians, or is that 80-plus albums? I can't remember. <laughs> It's 80-plus albums, but I think if I count all the musicians, it must be uh, around the 100. Right. Okay, well, then it's not that glorious that I spent a few weeks uh, touring with John. We unfortunately Well, why not, Randy? (laughs) (laughs) That was a very special band in in between his jazz blues uh, days. And before he started uh, flirting with country music, so it was it was something in between, and it was a very interesting band with two guitar players and the great Red Holloway on the saxes. So, so you can be proud of that, Randy. I'm sure. Well, it's a great memory. Red, of course, I saw Red for many years afterwards because he used to come to Europe. Uh, and I'd always uh, buy him lunch and stuff. We'd hang out a little bit. He was he'd play in a club in Paris. 
Uh, High Tide mm-hmm. kind of disappeared. I don't know where he went. He was supposedly was living in Japan. You know something about yeah. that? Yeah. Ru- rumors go around that he lives in Japan. There also was a rumor that he must have died, but uh, fortunately this was wrong. So he, I think he must be living in Japan, yes. But there's no uh, record when you Google him. I mean, you can Google yeah. any of the any of the uh, obscure musicians of Mayall. If you Google me, there's thousands of stuff. Uh, High Tide. Yeah. Unless, maybe he changed his name. His name was Willie, if I'm not mistaken. William or Willie Willie Harris. But anyway, Willie he, Harris. Yeah. He's. I could see how he would be great in Japan too. He's, he's extremely tall. He's a very yeah. good blues player. So if there's a blues oh, scene over yeah. there, you know. Yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about that group. That was a great group. And I, uh, by the way, I should mention also Soko Richardson, great, great yes, drummer. Yeah, yeah. He was with Albert Collins before, I think, so, or, or after that. So right. he's a great blues drummer. Yeah, after, because I saw Soko at that same concert uh, where I saw John in Paris. And, uh, of course, Larry Taylor, who's still playing. In fact, he played oh, on yeah. the last TV show of... Uh, uh, David, what's his name? I never watched it, but it was a huge show, very important, and he played with Tom Waits, and he's still playing with Tom Waits, oh, as I'm sure oh, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, fine. Well, he was a nice guy, too. I remember all those guys from, from that very band. And I think Soko had a severe drug problem, if I'm right. Uh, I think he was a pusher. <laughs> I don't know about that, but he did pass away a few years ago. Yes, I heard about that. And as enough. did Red. Yes. As did Red. Uh, so that leaves... Yeah. Let's see, that was six people. Anyway, we had a lot of stories, uh, and I told a couple of the stories. Uh, one day when we were in somewhere in Spain, I met Gala Dali, Salvador's wife, and Muse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read that story oh, on your okay. side. Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, you know, that... The How tours, come... The tours are really a great memory for me, not only for the music and the musicians and the, you know, the public adoration and all that, but also because of the adventures. And uh, we were headed out to sea in a fishing boat right in the middle of that tour and uh, some guys in Spain. Unfortunately, we got them to turn the boat around because we were, <laughs> let's face it, we were, I may have had a drink or two also. And John yeah. was, uh, you know, so we were, we were crazy that night. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Gala just walked up to me in the, um, I think it was the Barcelona Ritz. and mm-hmm. uh, But she, she claims she came to the concert, uh, but mm-hmm. I didn't see her. I told her to come in the dressing room. She, I didn't see her, but I did see her the next morning. She invited me over to their place, which I never made it. And then uh, Salvador was in the hospital, and he died a couple of years later. I thought oh. she was like 55 years old, but she was in fact something like 80 when she came up to me. Really? Yeah. She was very, very, well, maybe not 80, but she was certainly yeah. well over 60, maybe even 70. It's in the story, but I, I don't remember it. She was way, <laughs> way older. Anyway, that's one band. Uh, you have a, f- this is a bad question for you, but do you have a favorite of the Bluesbreakers? Favorite version? Early, late? Well, what I really did like was the other aggregation with two guitarists, with Coco Montoya and Walter Trout. And Coco mm-hmm. Montoya was, was uh, and still is such a great guitarist. Yep. So we should hear more about him, more from him. And, yeah. and he's an adorable guy. He is. He is. And he was really good on stage. I noticed that. Uh, the, I think the same time I'm talking about when I saw John, I think Coco was playing with him. And I see. 
it, it is and Coco was uh, married to or was dating uh, uh, Debbie Davies, right? Debbie Davies, right? Yes, yes. Who's also I don't a know great guitarist? Still together? Yes, sure. Yeah, she's wonderful. There she made a-, a tribute album to John Mayle, Debbie Davies. Really? Did you know that? Yeah, there is uh, where she sings his songs. So I think that's the only existing tribute album to John Mayle. Interesting, interesting. Well, the funny thing is, John, um, as you note in the book, uh, he's, he hasn't had that much luck with, for example, they, tr- they wanted to get a single. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think he's ever had much activity on a single. This is all detailed in the book, which I right. haven't, haven't read in detail, but I, I skimmed it over. It's very, very interesting. I got to say, by the way, this is... This is better than most bio uh, material I've ever read on anybody because it gives really gives all the details, all the bands, oh, all the yeah. No, the, you did a great job on this. It's fantastic. Oh, that does me some good. Well, it really was a, a, a big work, and it was yeah. a labor of love. I really loved uh, writing it. Yes. Why? What was the? Do you have you written other books about other artists, or how did the inspiration come? Well, I, I wrote years ago a book about Cosé, which is a, a French uh, comic drawer and history teller, uh, a very famous one, Cosé, Bernard Cosé, from the western part of Switzerland. But this wasn't such a huge thing. But now I think this, this was my first uh, really big book. And I've been a fan about uh, uh, from John Mayo since I think 67 and I followed his careers and collected everything and so when I found out of the bad many decades that no one else wrote a biography about him so I thought this must be uh, my job and I did it that's great you know if some if if nobody else does uh, the dirty job I'll have to do it and and that's an excellent thing because as you can comment uh, John has been a huge indescribable influence. I, mean, I don't think the average person re- you know, realizes that mm-hmm. he... Uh, what That's are some of the names it. that he've brought forward? I mean, obviously Eric Clapton, but uh, name a few of the names people recognize. Well, Peter Green, Mick Taylor, Ainsley Dunbar, Keith Hartley, Coco Montoya, Walter Trout, uh, Harvey Mandel, all these guys uh, once played with John Mayle, and most of them, or many of them, became famous afterwards. And uh, the true story is that bands like Cream, Fleetwood Mac, or Colosseum would never have existed if the uh, individual musicians wouldn't have met in Mayo's bands. So you're absolutely right if you say he's a, a huge influence to the whole rock and blues rock music scene. And you can imagine how excited I was when I was chosen for the gig. You tell the story. You know that I forgot when I was reading it. Of course, I read the part about me first. (laughs) (laughs) About our band, I mean. But, you know, uh, I forgot, totally forgot about this. But John actually asked Jesse Edwin Davis, who I saw at uh, the Whiskey (laughs) with Taj Mahal in something like 1968 mm-hmm. or 9. And by the way, Jesse Ed Davis, at that time, he was a real nice guy. I went up and talked to him, and he was totally cool. I don't think he was too, too into the drug thing at the time, or at least he You're was right. clean right then. But anyway, what happened was uh, that, I, and I did hear this at the time, that uh, Jesse Ed went over there, and uh, he got an advance or something and was accepted to the band anyway, immediately. Great player, of course. Mm-hmm. And then he never was heard from again. Uh, he left with the money, I guess. 
Yeah, that, that's the story John told me once, yeah. <laughs> and um, so John, uh, when he hired Larry, who had already, Larry Taylor Bass, who, was, yeah. who, who had already played with John on... Uh, right. On what, USA Union and what else? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think, yeah, USA Union was the, the start of, first of being regularly in male spans, yes, for Larry Taylor. And USA Union, by the way, was, uh, which I thought was a really good album, um, right. featured Harvey yeah. Mandel, uh, Paul Lagos was in it for part of it. Right. Sugarcane Harris, the amazing Sugarcane yes, Harris. Yes, yes, You did a lot of work with Sugarcane. You're on some of his uh, albums. Uh, several, yeah. And, uh, yeah. of course, this is the reason, and that's why I bring it up, really, this is the reason I got mm -hmm. the Mayall gig, is because I had already worked with Larry. Larry, Harvey... And Sugarcane and right. Paul Lagos, who were basically Mayall's band and for USA Union, mm -hmm. uh, formed their own band. We even yeah, had a we even had a couple of songs that were basically, let me say, inspired from John. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a tune called "Took the Car." And that yeah. song, uh, you remember that? Took the car. Yes, me, of course. Me and da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> me, me <laughs> Shall we and sing it together? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it. I just know the voice. Me and Nancy. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to fight for you, Jamie. <laughs> he's got that. You're going to make something like <laughs> yeah. You know every song he's ever done? I think so, yes. <laughs> I would be able to sing most of them on stage, yes. Anyway, Took the Car became um, What Goes Around Comes Around. Right, right. Is, uh, is it on that album, uh, Pure yeah. Drug Act? Pure, Pure Food uh, and Drug Act. Pure food You're, and yeah, drug right, right, right. You By got the way, it. for people yeah. listening, if you want to do a little side trip, go to sugarcane-harris.com. tells mm -hmm. a lot about Don and about the Pure Food and Drug Act and about all the people we're talking about. So Larry quit that band, but... The point is, a couple of years later, two years later exactly, mm -hmm. uh, he called. And uh, I remember Paul's girlfriend, I was living at their place at the time, and Paul's girlfriend had left a note. She was considered herself a poet. And she said, Larry mm -hmm. Taylor called. He said, he has a gig that you will dig. <laughs> so <laughs> I called him back, and um, he said, yeah, call John or... Or come to the reuse. I don't remember which. Met John up at his place in Laurel Canyon, and um, I don't remember the detail. But you know, was hired, and we mm -hmm. rehearsed maybe twice up there, uh, and then we went in the studio, recorded the album. And, you know, I tell people today we did not spend hours on those tunes, and yes. yet there are a lot more. As always with John. Yeah, yeah, but there are more chords than blues. Uh, that album suffers from the fact that it's not blues, and it's highly criticized, but it also uh, has a lot of harder stuff on it, and yet, with people like Red Holloway, there was no trouble doing it. Yeah, but I think that's just what makes that very album extremely special in, in the whole row of John Mayo. You know, he made so many just blues albums, yeah. so this album, the latest edition, is a, a very outstanding record. Well, very you, sh you should have devoted a full chapter to it, Dino. Yes, <laughs> next time. <laughs> All right. Anyway. No problem, Rudy. <laughs> we, we do have a huge career that, that spans a lot. So after 1974, that was an issue, by the way, of a producer. He, there was a label change. That was the last Epic album. And then uh, what happened in the, after that? Well, he, he went to a new company, ABC. Mm -hmm. 
and that wasn't very good luck for him uh, because they didn't promote his albums very good. So they disappeared after a few weeks from the shelves. Yeah. That's what he told me. And uh, that's the first uh, bad thing about those years that followed after 74. And the other thing is that... Uh, he tried so many different styles and he tried to make, I call it, or he once called it rock and country, uh, jazz and disco blues. And that's mm -hmm. just it, you know, that's too much in together. And uh, yeah. many of his hardcore blues fans were disappointed and, and quit mail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he also hired a drummer that I had played in bars with for months, Joe Ueli, who he really oh, liked. Yeah. And Joe stayed with him for many years. And then um, at the time I saw them, they didn't have any roadies. Did you know that? Yes, I know that. They they just took all the gear themselves on stage. So. Yeah, because, because the, yeah. Mar the margins on those concert gigs are not enough to pay somebody full-time. Right, right. So after that, uh, he started presumably started to come up. You know, the, he was on the cover of a magazine here in France, a blues magazine, uh, just recently. Uh, I don't know back, or... Yeah, and uh, have you contacted them? You should be sure to tell them. Well, I guess they'll know when the book comes out. Maybe they'll translate I'm, I'm, it. I'm not in touch with them, no. no not I'll try to... Maybe I can reach out. Oh, that would be great. Fantastic. Uh, and, uh, I still collect anything, <laughs> although the book is out now. I can't stop. So what's new with Mayall? Because I have not followed at all what he's doing now. Is he is he going up in the in the ratings a little bit? Is he? I know he's got always has great bands. Let's face it. But what's happening now? Yeah. Well, he's got a good band now with the new guitarist of the Buddy Whittington. Uh, you know, it, it was I think in 2009 or mm -hmm. at the end of 2008 when he dismissed his band after a very very long time. This this was a lineup that broke all the records he had. Right. And then he he threw them all out, including Joe Ueli, yeah. uh, who was very angry about that, by the way, and the guitarist Buddy Whittington, who started his own career, so that wasn't too bad for him, and Hank Van Sickle was the bass player. Uh -huh. And then Mayo had to find a new band that was a difficult stuff, because it was Joe Ueli, his former drummer, who always uh, hired the musicians if, if uh -huh. someone has left the band. And... Uh, but he still found the bass player he had already played with. That's Greg Arsett from mm -hmm. Chicago. Where he played with Buddy Guy and Otis Rush, so he's a, a blues connoisseur, uh, an excellent one. And uh, asked uh, Greg Arsett to bring up a, a fine drummer from Chicago, and he brought Jay Davenport, a black drummer, who, who is also from the black Chicago blues scene. I remember having seen him in Chicago clubs in the 80s, and he's a very uh, good drummer. And Mayo had an eye, always had an eye, on the next guitar star, and that was Rocky Athos from mm -hmm. Texas. Mm -hmm. And so that's the lineup he's still traveling with and recording with. Uh, last Friday, a new album was released, called Find a Way to Care with that very band. Uh, no guests, just just uh, three horn players on it. So it's still a very bluesy, uh, even traditional blues album with a lot of standards. It's I just listened to it this morning. A lot of blues standards. Mm -hmm. 
including so, uh, many songs like that, you know, well-known uh, songs. I see. From Muddy Waters and, and Drifting Blues and, and uh, I Feel So Bad. So, so a lot of blues standards. It's worth, it's worth noting. He, I was just going to say, it's worth noting, by the way, that uh, our, the latest edition was six people, three black, three white. And I thought that, right, that right. also had something to do with uh, what the sound was, especially live, because Soko was right. a great drummer. Of course, yes, absolutely. And Red, obviously. Also, a quick yeah. anecdote I wanted to tell you, because I'm sure you don't know about this, because you weren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, when I saw them in, uh, this time, uh, I believe Joe and the bass player, Hank, I think it was mm-hmm. those guys, and I was talking to him in the dressing room, and I said, uh, yeah, I can't remember, I said something about, well, what about Eric Clapton? And they go, yeah, well, that's pop, isn't it? In other words, kind of denigrating, denigrating Clapton's absolutely huge success uh, yeah. after Mayall. And, you know, Clapton can play the blues. He, he's a great player yeah. in, in many yeah. ways. Not my favorite, yeah, but he's certainly course. excellent. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that takes us up to today. So all you have to do now is get a website where you can put the next band and the next album as, a, as an <laughs> annex to the book. The book will be out in right. December, I think, right? According to Amazon, anyway. No, no, it should be out within the next day. So that December oh. that I read it on Amazon must be wrong. You know, it's already out here. Otherwise, you wouldn't have uh, had a copy. And it should be out in the States within the next day. So so I think in, in this month, September, it should be out in the States, of course. Okay. Well, I link to it everywhere. And by the way, yeah, look on Amazon.com or dot, uh, wherever you are, D-E-F-R. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, for the book, is it on? Uh, is it on all the European countries? By the way, let me look. I'm going to look yeah, on Amazon. I, I think that that editor Olms uh, put it on a worldwide basis, so it should be available anywhere. And and on Amazon Germany uh, de, you can already have it in, in France as well. So even if someone from somebody from uh, Japan or the States can order it through these channels. I'm taking a quick look right now. Yep. 1st of September it was available. John Mayall, oh, The Blues fine. Crusader, His Life, His Music, His Bands. So, yes, right. uh, si vous entendez, si vous écoutez, vous êtes fran- uh, francophone. Uh, the problem is, of course, the book's in English, but allez à Amazon.fr et rachetez votre copie immédiatement. And it's available for Amazon Prime. How about that? Excellent. Is there anything we missed uh, talking about? Because the book has to be read, so there's no point in revealing everything. Mm-hmm. Did we forget anything? No, no, I think that's quite complete. Well, let's talk a little well, about... Well, Mail is on tour in, in Europe, uh, beginning within the next days. I think tomorrow he'll have his first date in Europe. And That's he'll right. stay until November. So uh, such a tour, every day concert, that would kill me. But he's 82. I don't I know, know how he managed to do that. Well, he's but used he's to it. I'm yeah, just going yeah. to ask if you think you're going to do another book on anybody else, or was Mayall so special that you just decided to do this? Uh, I think if I do a next thing, it will be uh, something else. If it has to do with blues, it should be a book about the 400 main blues standards. Any, mm-hmm. uh, every well-known song will get a portrait of its own. But it's, this is in the, in the beginning, so that would nothing be fasc- serious yet. That would be fascinating. So. Yeah, even including the lyrics and the story of, the, of, the, of uh, each song, you know. 
That is a great idea. Oh, thank you. All I can tell people is to go take a look for this book, because it's, it's a very good read. If you're interested in the blues, John Mayall, or the process of hiring great musicians and basically making their careers, launching them. That's an inspiring story that he's such a great leader. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for the pop. I can need it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, we'll we'll put all this out and uh, try to get people to uh, buy the book and let me know what happens. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, we'll be in touch, okay? Yes, great. And thanks a great lot, Randy. My pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thanks for sending me the book. Dean Logos, author of a brand new John Mayall biography. 